And welcome to The Real Money Show. The number, as always, to start investing. one 877 8 is the website. Precious Metal Advisor, something you should sign up for. The Investor Kit, and always information on the top right corner, the e-store. Make a purchase right from your own computer. And uh, information and education on RSP, TFSAs, how to use that, and other registered accounts to um, attain physical gold and silver into those accounts and begin that way. Jeremy, you got lots of stuff to cover today, so we'll, uh, we'll start it off with you. Absolutely. So first of all, it's been a very good month for people investing in their registered accounts. We've seen a lot of people buying physical gold and physical silver within their registered accounts. We want to thank everyone who's participated and gotten involved into all of our new customers. We welcome you aboard and uh, hopefully the information you hear today gets you very excited about the future. Mm One of the things I think we'll start talking about, well, throughout the the show today, we're going to talk about a few things. One, hedge funds, management fees in the market and how that's that's played out over the last few years. We also want to talk about uh, silver supply as it relates to some industrial usages. We've talked about them previously on the show, but we want to talk about the effect of those usages going forward and what we're already seeing. And then as well, one of the major fundamentals of gold and silver is the safe haven aspect of it and why that has come to the forefront of the reason why people are getting involved in the market. Before we do that, we saw a very, very interesting segment on CNBC uh, last night in the Asian market, which blew, blew me away. Bill Murphy of GATA was on, which he hasn't been on in years. And the second aspect of why it was so crazy, and we're going to put that in this week's Precious Metal Advisor. Mm -hmm. So if you want to see this video, all you have to do is sign up for the Precious Metal Advisor. You'll get that video and other interesting articles throughout the week. Why don't you tell the public who GATA is? So for those who don't know, Bill Murphy is uh, the chairman of GATA, which is the Gold Antitrust Action Committee. They've been involved in this market since actually just before the 2000s. I think they started in 98 or 99. And the basis of, of GATA is to expose manipulation in the market. So they have been going after the banks and and basically showing how they collude in the markets to to help manipulate the price, all essentially being that the reason the market is manipulated is to enforce a strong dollar policy, Hmm. which has come up recently because Rubin was talking about, who was the former Treasury Secretary, about getting rid of of cash. Um, all, All of this is to help create a strong dollar policy. Well, this is what I spoke about last week on the show. Larry Summers... There was the crew of three, Greenspan, Rubin, and Summers. Uh, and they, you know, cooked the books pretty good. Now Summers is is saying, let's get rid of the 500 euro bill no. and let's get rid of the $100 bill. All they're doing is trying to confiscate anything that's out there. Yeah, absolutely. Or anything that can do damage to the economy. Well, this is th- that whole thing is what's making this so interesting is because those type those are the type of people that they want normally want on CNBC to to talk up the markets and 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 basically just pretend like everything is great and yet you've got Bill Murphy on here saying, well, actually the central banks are all but out of gold. This trying to keep the gold price down, 
they're already out of bullets, which is why the price of gold's moved up two hundred dollars in the last couple months. By the way, gold's up something like fifteen, seventeen percent. Actually, up to date, year to date, seventeen point zero six percent. Silver's lagging at nine point eight two percent on the year. Right, and it's only February the twenty fifth when we're recording this show today. Yeah, it's one of those things, obviously, everyone's going to have a concern about cost of doing business. In this case, getting into the market, the rise in price will cover a lot of that. But what was so interesting is the the host of the show was really behind him the entire time. He's really has gotten behind what Bill Murphy is saying. And one of the most interesting points is he was saying about that, you know, in the past, we've heard gold is a relic, that it's no longer a viable used to anything. This is what they would normally say on CNBC. And in this case, he's calling central banks uh, an unreliable relic and people don't trust in central banks. And this is why perhaps we should all be getting in gold. So this is a this is just blowing my mind in terms of a turnaround of what CNBC is saying. Well, that that doesn't CN- mean that, that gold has topped by any stretch. Right. Um, once they put everyone in the gold pit and your cab driver or Uber driver is saying to invest in gold, it's probably time to get out. Well, the CNBC interviewer is actually out of Singapore. So in Singapore, it's a very, very big gold market. They understand metal in Singapore. They understand the metal in India. They understand, you know, in China, uh, anywhere in Asia, they really understand why you should hold gold and silver. Uh, These are countries that have been around for a long, long time, and they know the value of gold and silver. You know, one of our um, guests that's always on, Gerald Salenti, always says about India, you know, the Indians love gold more than they love curry. And I love that line because they do. Speaking, it, sorry to interrupt, speaking of India, they might be lifting the tariff on gold right. this weekend. So we could see a huge move. If you're listening to the show on Sunday, we could be we could be looking down the barrel of a very big move come, come Monday if they lift those tariffs on gold coming into the country, because that's going to mean demand out of India could spike. Skyrocket big time. We don't know, but that is one thing, and it's always just one thing or another that can push this market. Well, we're almost up $200 to date on gold. I mean, that's a pretty big increase. Um, We wonder why silver is lagging a little bit, uh, but everybody, again, it's a question of gold. You can either take it home, you can put some of it in a safe deposit box, but when you're buying silver... Um, you're buying, you know, a thousand ounces weighs seventy pounds. You know, you want to buy five thousand ounces, you're going to need a wheelbarrow to pick it up and take it mm-hmm. wherever you want to go to. And even Bill Murphy in that interview was basically saying the reason why silver is lagging is because it's out of desperation that they're trying to keep it so low. And this is something you'd hear across the board if you were listening to all of the different precious metal analysts: is this idea that if gold were to break over even a low number of eighteen fifty. You're going to see so many people get on board that it's going to be very difficult to stop a, a, a further rise in that market. So, you know, you've got to keep it trapped in a very low trading range because, God forbid, it goes over eighteen fifty or $22. It's going to be an unstoppable train. So this is an exciting time to get involved. You want to, be, you want to get in before. And sometimes, as Paul, you would say, it's better to be a day early or a month early, maybe even a year early. This is value investing. And if you want to understand how undervalued silver is, for example, we're trading at an 81 to 1 ratio on gold to silver. This is massive. The last time we saw that was actually in 2008 
when gold and silver got thrown out with the bathwater in in terms of the markets coming down. Now, gold and silver recovered quicker than the stock market and moved up and made incredible gains by 2011. But at the time, when that first pullback happened, we reached a, a ratio of just over 80 to 1. Well, you've got to go back to as, as much as biblical times when gold to silver ratio was always 16 pieces of silver to one piece of gold. Mm. Um it's always been around about 16 to 1 ratio. I mean, we've been as high as 85 to 1 ratio. Right now we're at 80. And I mean, 2008 to 2011, we brought it down to about 40 to 1 ratio. Um, if we go right now from silver trading at $15.20 an ounce, if we go from an 80 to 1 ratio to a 40 to 1 ratio, you're looking at $30 silver. If we went to a 16 to 1 ratio to where it really should be, because in actual fact, all the gold that's ever been mined is still above ground. It's in jewelry. It's in bars. It's in coins, even teeth. Uh, it's still above ground. Silver is being used up at such a massive rate. And you've got an interesting article or an interesting thing about silver used in solar. Yep, but we're not going to talk about it yet. We're okay. going to keep well, keep the listeners hanging on until the next segment. But uh, this is it's big. But, it's big. But silver has been used up at such a rapid rate. It used to be recycled. Everybody was yeah. used to think, well, it's in photography. They recycle it. You know, silver is in everything from cell phones to flat screen TVs. And, you know, you're not going to have people picking out little pieces of silver yes. until you get to $100 an ounce. And when it gets to $100 an ounce, uh, it'll be a full-time job picking silver out of old cell phones. But silver is in everything that's, that's electrical basically today. Um, it's used in health because silver doesn't conduct germs. I mean, the saying, born with a silver spoon in your mouth, mm -hmm. was because... You know, when they gave kids medicine or they gave them food, you couldn't contract the germs with a silver spoon as much as you could with a wooden spoon or, oh. a, or a copper spoon or something else. So we're, we're great believers. We put our, our money where our mouth is. I mean, we have our skin in the game with gold and silver. At Guildhall, you know, you can buy gold, silver, platinum, palladium. We have an e-store. You can go to Guildhall Wealth, click on the right-hand corner. You can buy whether you want to buy one-ounce bars, one-ounce maples, 10-ounce bars, 100-ounce bars of silver. Gold, it's the same thing. You can buy uh, gold maples, gold bars, 10-ounce bars, kilo bars. You can buy that. You can take it home. The second thing that we offer is our depository, which is safe, secure, allocated, and segregated, where you're insured for the product. Like When you take product home and you leave it in your house, if that gets stolen, you're not going to get coverage on it. Your insurance policy is definitely not going to pay, pay out. And also you're putting your family in jeopardy for home invasion. Mm -hmm. You know, if somebody thinks you've got gold and silver in the house, you know, sooner or later someone's going to, you know, come in and steal it from you. Uh, so we offer the depository where you, it's safe, it's secure, it's allocated. We even give you the bar numbers. There is a small fee for doing that, but it's a great way to do it. The other thing is to invest in RSP or a TFSA or if you have a LIF, a RIF, any of those pension plans, you can put gold and silver. We give you the bar numbers. We're the only company within a registered retirement plan that gives you the bar numbers. You can come to the depository and visit your bars. They will take it out of the depository when you've made an appointment and bring out and you can tick off your bar numbers against what you own. 
I don't think there is a better way of investing in gold and silver, especially when you know where it is. It's insured. You're insured for you know over a million dollars for your product. I mean, even if you're putting in twenty, thirty thousand dollars, you are covered for your insurance. The cost of that is one tenth of one percent a month of the value of the metal. So if you're talking about it's like two dollars per, you know, hundred ounce bar, give or take. So, you know, do you think silver is going to go up more than twenty cents? During the course of the year, already we're up 9.82. If you're putting in gold, we're up 17% during the course of this year. I think gold is going to really blow out. Uh, in, 19, in 2011, silver went to $49, May 1st, 2011, and gold was at $1,930. I feel there is more upside, gold trading, you know, 1200 and change, silver $15 and change. There is more upside than there is downside. So this is a great time to get in. The people that you know invested in their RSP or TFSA, I congratulate you. You did a wonderful job of getting in at this time because I think this market is going to explode. And I, you know, I watch CNBC a lot. And again, this morning, you know, they had Fred Bullard, uh, the uh, uh, he's with the St. Louis Fed. You know, next week they bring in rolling out Buffett to tell you how wonderful the stock market is. Most people are in the stock market. Own mutual funds, the investors in RSPs have not made too much money. I don't think they've made any money. If you would have bought silver, we've been in this business since 2002. When we started, silver was $3.80 an ounce. Gold was $250 an ounce. If you would have bought 10, 11 years ago, you've still done extremely well, even though we've come off from a high of $1,900 uh, for gold and a you know, $49, $50 silver. You still have done pretty well if you'd bought at 380 and 250 And I think we will easily take those old highs out. And, and I think that's an important point to make in terms of where the highs were and how long they were for, because ultimately you're looking at a market that did have a nice run over a 10-month period in the last 10 years. But if you look at it over the long term, just as any financial advisor would say, um, you know it's about the long-term investing. And if you bought gold 10 years ago in Canadian dollars, you paid 600. Today you'd you'd spend over 1700. If you bought gold silver 10 years ago in Canadian dollars, you were paying you know, $8. And today in Canadian dollars, it's it's over twenty two, twenty three. So over the long term, it sh- definitely shows that the precious metals have done a great, fantastic job over the last decade, decade and a half. Yes, there was a period during, uh, you know, a six month period where you may have been buying it at higher prices than we are today. We'll take a uh, short break, guys. In fact, this conversation, Jeremy, we mentioned before the show starts about hedge funds and other sort of... Uh Investments like that have uh, gotten to the point where Hollywood's gone on board. I'll give you details about that uh, after a short break. The number in the meantime, one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. This is The Real Money Show. Talk radio, AM640. Real Money Show, talk radio, AM640, one eight seven seven eight silver and online to guildhallwealth.com. Jeremy threw this article at you a little earlier during the week. I sent it to you and Darren. And uh, it's interesting. It's from Gawker, and the uh, the headline is, uh, Hedge Funds Have Sucked for a Decade. And basically what it goes on about, it makes reference to uh, the HBO show, Billions with uh, Paul Giamatti and Damian Lewis from uh, Homeland. It's a fantastic show. If you haven't seen it, it's really cool. And it's also uh, co-creators, uh, Andrew Ross Sorkin, who, if you remember, wrote uh, Too Big to Fail. So he's a financial guy. He's, uh, he writes for the New York Times. So it's got some... He's also on CNBC right. and Scorebooks right. every morning. It, it, I, what I like about it is it shows um, you know, this, the SEC... 
um, having having uh, guts, which you know you see right now that they don't. They yeah. can't. No one's been no one's been prosecuted from two thousand and eight. No one's going to go after anyone from two thousand and eight. Um, so you you get a whole distrust of the system, and and a show like that just kind of brings back some idealism. Right. Uh, he was involved with Newsroom, which kind of brings yep. back this idealism of, of uh, you know, uh, a media with a, with a conscience. So, you know, I think that's kind of needed. You know, I also notice we're seeing a lot of Cold War movies coming out, you know, like right. The Man from Uncle and um, that Bridges of Spies. It's all about uh, yeah. new Cold War, which we're starting to see in, happening as well. But what we're talking about here with the hedge funds is that there's almost a myth of hedge funds. You pay out a lot of money so that these brilliant people can make you money. You assume they're brilliant. Exactly. Well, it's, but up to, it's up to 40% commission in some cases. <laughs> and people are happy to put in a couple of million dollars, $5 million, and pay 40% commission because these guys, you know, should be getting returns of 20%, 30%. You know, uh, even if they made 15%, you pay them 40%, there should be a 9% return. And, and it doesn't even have to be hedge funds. It can just be mutual funds. I looked at some mutual funds that I own, and I realized that I'm paying 2.7% for management fees, whether or not it goes up or down. And I think I think as Canadians in the past, we've been very, for lack of a better word, lazy and in looking into what our costs are. And I think given the environment today, you only have to go no further than your grocery store to say, wait a minute, I'm paying a lot more than I used to for this and that. And you say, you know what, it's time I look into that portfolio and you start to see, wait a minute, I'm paying 2.7, 3% management fees. And what do you get in response when you when you question your advisor or the bank about it? They say, well, you know, because you were with us, you're only down 8% or because with us, you're only down 10%. Thank goodness. Because if you didn't go with us and didn't pay those fees, right. you could be down way more. Look, we're not here promising great returns. We're not investment advisors. All we're talking about is we feel it's important to have a strong foundation in your portfolio of a non-correlated asset that has zero counterparty risk like gold and silver. I said it just before the break. If you bought gold 10 years ago, 10 plus years ago, you would have paid $600 or less Canadian dollars for it. Today, that's worth over 1700 Canadian if you were buying it, or at least 1600 if you were selling it, which means gold over the last 10, 15 years has done its job. Okay? There's been times where you could have bought it at a higher point. That's not the point. The point is, is if you held gold for the long term, it's done what it's supposed to do. And what we're looking at now... When we turn to another aspect of this market, which is supply for silver, we spoke about this just before the break, is solar power as a usage, as an industrial demand, has skyrocketed in the last decade. For example, in 2006, solar power accounted for 1.4% of all industrial demand for silver. Any idea, any idea, John, what it, how much it would account for today? I'm going to say six, five, maybe. 13%. Hey, oh. So this, this just shows one of the fastest growing industries using silver today. Another such industry would be purification, like water purification. Mm -hmm. Anyone who can look at water today and the pollution that's going in, I just read an article yesterday showing that in, I think, in California or BC, um, the salmon is 
filled with antidepressants and things like this because it's <laughs> in the on. water supply. So I think it'll purification. Be late, California, pretty laid back. Yeah. yeah. Could, so water purification is another one. Batteries are another source. And I think all of the medical usages that we see are going to be stronger going forward. But I think solar power is a massive one to consider. If we only mine a billion ounces a year and 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 out of that we use it all, where are we getting where are we getting the difference? And this isn't to mention also the fact that there's been coin rationing. When we look at what we what we dealt with even just less than six months ago, we couldn't we couldn't find a Canadian maple to to service our customers with. We couldn't find it. We customers had to wait, and no one wants to wait for precious metals. They want complete immediate delivery. No one's going to pay and say, "Well, get it to me when you can." So we know that there's a lack of supply in the market, and this is so simple. It's so simple to to see when you have a low price like this that we see today. You get mining companies can't mine it for a profit, so you start getting lower production. We're already seeing that. Production in North America is down something like 20% in the last year. That's just North America. What you're also going to get is people are going to buy more than their fair share. If silver was triple the price right now, you would only be buying a third, one-third of what you could buy. As a result, we're buying a lot more, which is putting more demand, more pressure on the system, and the mining companies aren't supplying it, Okay. So think about oil as if the economy was booming, but for some reason the oil price was still at $20, $30 a barrel. And so we were running out very rapidly because of that low price. If you look at silver, you were saying just before the break yep, that- three days ago, triplepundit.com read an article there. I'm looking at it right now. It says uh, in Morocco on the Sahara, which is almost the size of the U.S. Uh, desert, they just opened- uh, the largest solar plant, uh, 500 megawatts of power. So, I mean, if you're a fan of, you know, Back to the Future, that means something to you. But it's a lot of power. And uh, they're saying this thing is absolutely huge. And it's, it's like you said, it's all silver. It's a massive power plant in Morocco. China is committed to producing enough solar energy to power 100 million homes. Wow. That's a massive amount of silver to be put into solar power for that commitment. Now, let's just think about that for a second. There's 47 million people in the United States on food stamps. Who knows how many are living paycheck to paycheck beyond that, okay? You could easily double what what are on food stamps. Mm -hmm. So essentially, China's telling you one-third of the pop, give give or take, just shy of one-third of the American population on solar power. Now, I know they're saying 100 million homes, Okay. That's not the amount of people that are living sure. in those homes. Let's just say it's five people. Now you're talking about 500 million. Or, so you're, you're well over the population of, of the U.S. That's how big we're talking. So this is the type of demand and strain that's going to be on this market. And remember what we said in the first segment. The reason why the price is so low is because if that market gets any whiff of 1850 or higher, it's going to be unstoppable. So we have this opportunity to buy silver while it's still incredibly undervalued. Gold is great for that long-term support of your of your portfolio. As we talked about the base of your portfolio, the foundation of a portfolio, and silver is this incredible opportunity that, as Bill Murphy said, could be trading as much as $100 within the next few months to years going forward. What an incredible opportunity. And when you're, when you're paying out fees for mutual funds or whatnot that are at the verge, whether they're performing or not, 
you kind of start to say, there are there other options? And so we're saying, if you're listening to this show, that this is a great option to consider. You can contact us to find out a lot more about silver. Or if you already know you want to get involved in the market, we can show you the different ways to get involved in the physical market. one silver online to guildhallwealth.com. Paul, one of the more attractive things you mentioned is using your RSP room at TFSA. Well, yeah, your RSP or TFSA or any other type of pension plan that you have. Uh, we're not gold bugs or silver bugs. We're not running around with tin foil on our head and you know bottled water for the next twelve years and <laughs> tins of spam. <laughs> All gold and silver does. It's an insurance policy. You need anywhere from fifteen to twenty-five percent in your portfolio as an insurance policy. You know you have health insurance, you have life insurance, car insurance, home insurance. Nobody wants to collect on any of those things. You know if the stock market does well and gold and silver doesn't, then you should be happy. If the stock market goes in the dumper and gold and silver doubles or triples, you're going to be ecstatic because what you've done is insured your capital that you've worked hard for all your life. This is why we recommend gold, silver, natural fancy colored diamonds, which we're going to talk about in the next segment. These are investments that stand the test of time. Our show is The Real Money Show, and we believe gold and silver is real money. Natural fancy colored diamonds is real money. When it comes, push comes to shove, and when these markets who are printing, countries that are printing fiat currencies collapse, what is the first thing people go to? They go to hard assets, because if they've got their money in hard assets, they can always down the road, whether it's three years, five years, ten years down the road, turn it back into cash. And that's the important thing. John, why don't you give out the numbers? If people are interested in getting an investment package, whether it's to put into an RSP, whether it's to put into the depository, or even if they want to go directly to our website and buy gold and silver to take home or, you know, or, or gift to anybody, it's as easy as just punching in on your keyboard. One eight seven seven eight silver and online to guildhallwealth.com is the number and the address that Paul made reference to. You also have the e-store, as we said, in the top right corner, which you can do it right from the comfort of your own home. It takes no time at all. So coming up after the diamond segment, we we're going to talk about one of the fundamentals of the gold market, which is safe haven. What we're seeing today is that there's a lot of uncertainty in the market. Where is that uncertainty and why is that a factor for gold? And is that already become a factor for gold, which we believe it is? So we're going to talk about that upcoming. Just in the next segment, we're going to, we're going to talk about natural fancy colored diamonds, all of the things that have been happening. One of the biggest things is the exchange rate in that we're having to yep. contend with as a Canadian. And um, I would like to think that was going to stop us from buying uh, buying natural fancy colored diamonds. Of course, Paul understands that when you see a good diamond, you have to jump at it. It doesn't matter what you have to pay over it, especially when, we, when we've when seen this type of action at tender. So I think we're going to get straight to the diamond segment and discuss all of those issues. Again, one eight seven seven eight silver is the number to start investing online at guildhallwealth.com, the precious metal advisor, the investor kit, and we'll go to natural fancy colored diamonds next right here on The Real Money Show, Talk Radio, AM640. Real Money Show, Talk Radio, AM640, one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhalldiamonds.com for this segment, because that's where we're going to do. Paul, you mentioned right off the hop, I'm looking at it online right now. you got a green diamond on here that I haven't seen before. Yeah, this diamond is a, a very, very special diamond. I've only seen very, very few of this caliber. It's a point two six. Um, now, for the listeners out there, even listening for the first time, 
Natural fancy coloured diamonds are extremely rare. For every 10,000 carats of white diamonds mined, there's going to be one carat of colour. It doesn't mean that it's investment grade. To find, for example, a fancy, vivid, yellow, internally flawless over a carat, you're going to have to mine about 100,000 carats mm. of white diamonds to come up with that one, one diamond. When we get into colors like pink, blue, green, they are smaller diamonds, but they are extremely rare because of the color. So I purchased a couple of diamonds you know, that I basically fell in love with. Uh, the one stone is a 0.26, fancy, vivid. Now, there are three grades of diamonds that we sell, fancy, intense, and vivid. That's all to do with the color, the strength of the color. Vivid is the strongest color, the deep color, perfectly saturated all over the stone. This diamond as well is a VS2, which means it's very, very slightly included. Now, when we sell colored stones, yellows we normally try to go for internally flawless or VVS, VS. But when we sell greens, pinks, blues, they always have to be VS. We don't touch SI1 or SI2. Those are diamonds that you can actually see the inclusions with a naked eye. So the inclusions have to be very slight, and they have to be on the diamond where it really doesn't make too much of a, uh, of a difference. You know, if it's at the back of the diamond, as long as it's not on the table, the top of the diamond, if it's on the side of the diamond, which, you know, doesn't show, you know, those are important. There's also different types uh, of problems that you can have uh, with a diamond. So we try to get the best diamond that we can possibly get. You know, there's certain types of inclusions that we really stay away from that, you know, don't enhance the diamond. But this diamond is a V... Fancy Vivid Green VS2. It's a radiant cut. The cut is magnificent. Um, the fire uh, just comes off of the different colors that just come off of this diamond is absolutely incredible. I, I've, because I do the, have done the photos of, of the diamonds in the past, um, we're just starting to have someone else uh, take over that. But I, I've noticed that this diamond is so eye clean that I remember I took a, a picture of a diamond where unfortunately there was a, an inclusion that was really front and center, whereas this diamond, I, I've never seen a green diamond of this color strength. It's almost like an emerald. It's so green. It's it, so deep. It really is. And not only is the color really strong and saturated, being a vivid, but the quality of the inclu of, of the clarity is is yeah. immense. And and just the positions of it, the fact that you you really can't see where those inclusions are at all, just makes it a beautiful diamond to behold. And the thing is, it's exceptionally rare, so it's a little on the price. Well, I don't think it's on the pricey side, but, um, you know, you're looking in the $95,000 range. Now, this is a type of diamond that can easily double in four to five years in value. But let's talk about that for a second, Paul. You don't think it's expensive. No, I don't. You grabbed it. Well, otherwise I wouldn't have bought it. Right. But <sighs> what is it What is it that you sit there and say, well... Okay, I'm just, I, I don't care what it's going to cost. I'm just going to take well, it. First of all, uh, if you were to go out and try to find a vivid green diamond, good luck because there is just none out there. I've probably seen vivids maybe three in the last 10 years. Yeah, I can't remember seeing any vivid. I remember you and I saw that intense green, which was that over a carrot? I can't remember. No, it's it, 0. 0.54. It was 0. 0.54. It was an intense green. 
what was the pricing difference between that and this? Now that was a, almost I, uh, that was back in June of 2015. Yeah, well, we, we were at the JCK show in, in Vegas. I I loved the stone. I was willing to buy the stone, but not at the price that it was offered. It was offered at just a, you know twice the price that I thought it would be. Hmm. And so in this case, we passed on a half carat intense, but you did not pass on. You know, just over a car- no, quarter it, carat vivid. Because it's the rarity. I mean, I know I'm not going to find another one anywhere like this. Uh, I probably won't see one for another five years. So I'm looking at a stone like this where w- whether I sell it or I just put it at the back of the safe, right. I'm going to make money on this stone. If you, it, It's like they used to have an ad on the TV, you can pay me now or pay me later. Um, this is what it is. Um, we have also have to take the currency into effect that right now we're looking at, you know, around about 1.38 difference on the dollar. So $100,000 U.S. is $138,000 Canadian. The Canadian uh, economy is not the greatest economy right now in the world. Uh, we could easily Which see— Which one is? Uh, <laughs> I'm well, kidding. So that's a, that's we've got the U.S. is the best house on the worst street right now. <laughs> But if we look at the Canadian dollar, it could easily be instead of being a dollar thirty-eight, it could be a dollar sixty-two. I don't see it going back to par. Um, we've got too much debt and not enough revenue coming in to cover this debt. So, uh, you know, the takers are taking it away from the makers. But that's another story. We've got this stone. It's ninety-five thousand dollars. As I said, if it's a stone that you can put away for four or five years, you're going to double your money very, very quickly. And, the other and we sto- were talking about fees in the last segment. Mm-hmm. There's no fees associated with this when you own this diamond, beyond potentially having it fully insured, right? Where you're putting it into a, a piece and, and having it fully insured. There's no management fees. Well, In fact, not, there's very little storage fees well, on this. You're just like putting a, it away. Yeah, but it's not like owning a house or, or, or being a landlord where you're running around with a plunger. You know, you're paying all types of land transfer taxes, lawyers' fees. Uh, property for taxes. Property taxes, hoping that, you know, your tenant doesn't put his fist through your drywall or screw up anything <laughs> else. You know, there's a lot of expenses of being a landlord. And then you've got to sell it, and then you're going to pay commission again when you sell I, it. I this guess is the, something that is very, very easy to own. Easy. It's, it's portable wealth. Put it on your finger. I guess the thing is, is someone would say that, well, if I have a rental home, I can always sell it, and it's not going to take me a year to sell, to sell real estate. But what you're giving up here is slow and steady growth. Right. And just like just like you're saying, Paul, where, look, if you sell it this year, okay, great. If it takes three years, okay, even better. Where that's that's sort of the position we really want our diamond investors to be in, where they've held a diamond. Uh, we had a client come in yesterday who's held a vivid yellow for five years, easily doubled their money. When we look at what they paid and what they would sell for, we could comfortably show that they've doubled their money. This was a 1.75, 1.76 vivid yellow or something. And the fact is, is that there were no expenses to that. And whether or not he decides to sell it, even if it takes a few years, it really doesn't matter because it's constantly money in the bank anyway. So that's a bit of a hurdle, that idea of liquidity, that idea that, yes, you may be giving up that instant gratification of, well, if I needed it, I could sell it and I could probably sell it pretty quick versus 
Yeah, but even if it takes some time to sell, it's I'm still going to make even more like money. About, not like about not just this diamond and the green you're talking about, but any diamond on the website Guildhall Diamonds is that you know you got a, little, a quick description. It's like okay, that's what you guys are saying. The picture looks nice, but right there in a little PDF file, the GIA grading report from the Gemology Institute of America, which is basically diamond DNA. That's official. If you yeah, doubt you guys, click on that. You can read it right there on the website. Well, you know, the GIA is is the leader. Um, there's other people out there, other brands that uh, do certification, but they really don't stand up, um, especially when people are buying white diamonds. Uh, you know, they have other brands of uh, classification that are really, you know, GIA may say a, a white diamond is a, G, is a G. You know, the other certification says it's a, an F, and it's not, it's a G. So, you know, that that we leave out there. But we don't sell white diamonds, so it doesn't matter. But the, I work on a cost-plus basis. Now, so I, you know, I have diamonds that I bought two, three years ago. Um, I can be competitive on those diamonds because the currency difference is right now 38% from two years ago when I bought it when it was par. I mean, anybody that bought a diamond, took it home, has already made 38% in their pocket just on the currency. But, you know, when I buy a diamond, it doesn't necessarily we're going to sell that diamond in 24 hours. I'm happy whether, you know, whether I sell it in a year, two years, five years. I know when I buy it, it's going up. Mm-hmm. So, as I said, you can pay me now, I'll pay me later because we're going to, you know, we are up to date as well when we know through our dealers, through our partners, through the cutters and polishers we do business with, the price of a diamond and every year they go up natural fancy color diamonds. So if I'm buying a diamond for X amount of dollars and a year later it's gone up 15%, Next year it goes up 15% or 20%. I can sell that diamond at the original price that I bought it for, but I'm working on a cost plus. So, you know, we're always, we can always be competitive uh, out there, but we only sell the best. So there's, when, you know, cream rises to the top. We have people calling us all the time that have bought diamonds from our competitors, from other places. And they want to bring the diamond back, but where they purchased the original diamond from, the custom the the company has said, "Well, you know, we don't buy diamonds; we only sell diamonds." Or they give them a million different excuses why they won't take it back. When I buy a diamond from my people and I sell it to a client, I know somewhere down the road I'm going to get that diamond back. So why would I try to sell something that is technically bad twice over? It doesn't make sense. So I know eventually someone is going to bring the diamond back. Yes, we're going to sell it for them. Yes, we're going to take a small commission for it. We don't work for nothing. But you're going to make money on a natural fancy color diamond. If you put your money into a GIC or you put your money into a savings account or you put your money just in the bank, you're down already because inflation's Real inflation's anywhere from 4 5 6%, and you're getting minus 1% in the bank. I think ultimately with natural fancy color diamonds as well as what you get with rarity is equal quality. So the more rare that diamond is, the more quality it is in many cases, you know, let's say except for the the rarity of the color. So you might buy, um, you know, an SI red. It's still a red. This is the most rare color. So there's always a bit of a balance game. But on, on the whole... This is all what we're doing with Guildhall and and our natural fancy color diamond collection is all about quality. And by buying quality, you're getting rarity, which which gives you those great returns. Well, you mentioned great returns. Say going back to this green diamond you have on here. Say I want to get in, maybe not to that price. I just want to get my beak wet. Where do we got to enter? Where's the entry level? 
Yeah, you could do a one carat fancy yellow, right. internally flawless, good proportion. You're probably starting around fourteen, maybe fifteen thousand, and a diamond like that would get somewhere around six percent a year. Still investment grade, 100%. still still investment grade, still better than a GIC. Brilliant. You could come back in five, ten years if you're getting better than that in the bank and say, okay, great, I'm going to move up to another to an intense where you might be looking right now to spend twenty six, twenty twenty six to twenty eight and get something like twelve to fifteen percent. So diamonds are great in terms of quality, and then you, what I love about diamonds is you can really start to think about some longer term events. Do you want to use this diamond as a legacy? A lot of a lot of customers are are looking for things that they can pass on to the rest of their family. Well, this is a perfect investment for that. They can't just sell it right away. They're going to have to think about it a little while. But it's it's going to continue to do its job. So that's a great way. Another thing is thinking about security. Do you want something out out of your portfolio that's going to be strongly, very much secure? It's going to be there for the long term. It's money in the bank. And you can just have that as as part of your 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 portfolio. Well, well, how many people buy a great piece of art, um, and they buy it and they maybe hold on to it for thirty years, forty years, generations, it's on, generations it's on the wall, and all of a sudden, you know, they decide to sell it, they put it into auction, and that piece of art has appreciated beyond their their wildest dreams. Yeah. And this is the same thing with natural fancy color diamonds. There is no new mines. In actual fact, the Argyle mine is going to be closing in 2018, um, and they provide 90% of the world's pink diamonds, uh, which is only actually one-tenth of 1% of their total production. Getting back to pinks, I just purchased a pink. It's going in um, for an appraisal today. Um, it's one of the, the rarest diamonds I've seen for a pink. It's a it's a 0.28. It's a fancy, purposely pink but it's internally flawless, and it's a cushion. And this stone we've got for around about $35,000, and I think it's an absolute steal, and it would make an incredible, incredible diamond for anybody that's already collecting because you do not see internally flawless pinks. Um, they're just not out there. You want to see the collection, you should, uh, should see the collection. Start by looking online to guildhalldiamonds.com and then go to the actual store and uh, make sure you talk to the guys as well. A wonderful investment and a companion investment to silver and gold. We'll recap the entire show. In the meantime, the numbers are one eight seven seven eight silver and online to guildhallwealth.com and guildhalldiamonds.com to see that collection. More of the Real Money Show coming right up on Talk Radio AM 640. Real Money Show right here at Talk Radio AM 640, 1-877-8-SILVER, guildhallwealth.com online, the precious metal advisor, the e-store, the Information, how to use your registered savings plans to start with some uh, physical gold and silver. Let's talk about the U.S. Mint first, though, uh, Jeremy. Yeah, what we've seen already this year as of February 15th, year to date, that U.S. Mint sales on silver are up 14% year over year. This is part of a trend that we've seen over the last few years where demand for physical product is steadily increasing. This is very different than 2008 when people went straight to cash. There were very few people that understood the fundamentals of precious metals. They were more strictly, I've never seen anything like this happen in the market. I want to get out of the market. I'm going to go to cash. What we're seeing now, though, 
part and parcel because of the low price in precious metals and the result of that being that people can buy a lot more than their fair share and because they see that currencies are worthless. Low interest rates, zero interest rates, negative interest rates are not curing the problems of the financial system. As we talked about last week on the show, if zero interest rates worked, we'd be in paradise right now, but we're not. It's not working. You can you can try to extend and pretend, but you're not getting the economy going. What gets the economy going is people saving money and getting some return on their savings. But we can't do that right now because instead of getting a return on our savings just by putting it in the bank, we have to take risk. And if we don't want to take that risk, we've got to have we have to have our money in something that we're losing. GIC, we're losing to inflation. Put it into something where if we're lucky, we talked about in the show, you might be negative 8% right now, but you've paid some management fees. Congratulations. So we see over time that the demand for precious metals continues to rise. The, the hunger for precious metals in India, in China, and Russia are unabated. They continue to purchase. We've noticed that since we've been offering the RSPs, more and more Canadians are more interested in holding physical precious metals than ever before. They do not want the stress of having it in a market that could go to zero. They want to know that there's zero counterparty risk. That means that your product is out of harm's way, and should anything happen to the cash system, should anything happen to the stock market, your product has, has zero to do with that. There's no counterparty risk. That's the whole point of having allocated product. It means that a company can't use your product for anything else. That means that once it's been allocated to you, no one else owns it. No one else has control over it or anything to do with that product. It's yours. Personally, I think one of the reasons banks don't like precious metals is because once you take your product out of the bank and put it into physical metal, there's no nothing they can do with it. So why would they want to, to be a part of that? And I understand that. I completely understand it. It's not necessarily the business model. The number to start investing, simple, one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. Let's, uh, let's review from what we've done earlier today. So one of the big things we talked about today was solar power and the fact that 10 years ago, solar power as part of the, the silver usages was 1.4% of industrial usages for silver. Today, it's over 13%. That's a massive increase in one specific area for usages of silver. And we know that silver is used in most technologies. It's in every light switch. It's in every cell phone. It's in every plasma screen TV. These are things that a burgeoning middle class in, in China and India want. A lot more people there than we've ever had here as part of the middle class. So the demand on the metal is massive. At the, at the same time, you've got a low price, which is starting to affect production. So again, one of the biggest things we talked about today was industrial demand, the fact that it's growing at a major pace and that at some point, the question becomes, the big question, where are we going to get this silver from? Well, you're not going to get it when production is down and mining operations are shutting. So at what point are mining operations going to have to reboot and get, get up to snuff before they can start producing silver again? Well, if we look at the past of any other mining, mining time and, and the sectors, we can see they're always slow to react. It takes time to open up a mining operation and get it going. So that was one of the big things we talked about today. Also, we also Bill, Ga- Bill Murphy from Gadda and what his feelings are of where he thinks gold and silver is going to be going. 100%. Biggest thing we talked about at the top of the show was Bill Murphy on CNBC this was an explosive interview where he talked about the fact that gold could comfortably go to between three to five thousand dollars. 
He even talked about the fact on this on, on that interview that it doesn't have to be the fact that the stock market goes down. Quantitative easing could start up again and the stock market could rise and gold could rise with it. The whole point is that gold is going to rise to meet the debts and the money supply. And if you keep printing money and your money is becoming more worthless all the time, gold is going to become more expensive all the time. So gold is a great hedge against devaluing currencies. And what we're going to do for the month of uh, March, uh, when you buy a 1,000 ounces, that's 10 100-ounce bars, we're going to give you a 10-ounce bar of silver completely free nice. when you put it in the depository. And when you put it in the depository, that weighs about 70 pounds, you're going to get bar numbers. It's going to be segregated, allocated. You can come and visit your metal. So with every purchase of 1,000 ounces of silver, that's 10 100-ounce bars, you're going to get a 10-ounce bar free. The other thing that we spoke about in the last segment as well was the natural fancy color diamonds, the, the vivid green, which is a spectacular diamond, and the other diamond, which is a 0.28 fancy purposely pink, internally flawless pink diamond. Incredible Two incredible diamonds that would make a great investment to put away for five, six years, ten years, and just watch the value of these products, these beautiful, beautiful diamonds, increase in value. One eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealth dot com. So, speaking of the depository as well, we talked about management fees and how Canadians are becoming more aware of management fees and wanting to see some results for the fact that they're paying that now. Listen, in the depository or even in the RSP, when you're storing physical metal, there is an obligation. There is insurance on that product. Unlike buying a stock, which is a piece of paper, and again, there's, there is counterparty risk. You're investing in management. You're investing you know, whether or not that company is going to produce this, this month or this quarter. Whereas with precious metals, you are buying a hard asset that's a precious metal. It's going to be stored. It needs to be insured. So there is an obligation there. However, the cost of just over 1% for that obligation pales in comparison in terms of you know exactly what you've purchased. Mm. There's no there's no hidden agenda there. There's no secret to what's going on. You're buying a hard asset and, and putting it behind it. night a, because yeah. it's product that's there. The only thing that bad can happen, it could drop in price. You still haven't lost any of your metal. You have all your product. There is more upside right now than there is downside in this metal. And speaking of dropping in price, I got an email today because our clients are so good at, at keeping us up to date. And I got a, uh, an email today from a, a client that said, hey, look, I just got this. And it was uh, from this um, analyst who has been so negative on this market the entire time. When Goldman Sachs said that gold was going to go to 1,000, this analyst was saying gold was going to drop to 600. That's how, that's how bearish this analyst was. Now, this analyst has come out and said, when gold gets to 1,400, sell, because it's going to drop in half. This is an, a negative analyst who's decided that gold is going to 1,400. Right. It's going <laughs> to get there first. It's going to get to 1,400, and now I'm going to tell you to sell. I mean, I would respect him more if he was an opportunist. Where if it got to 1400 and just as it started to fall, he came out with an article that said it's going to drop. But he's not even opportunistic. He's just a perma perma bear against this market. In a market that, by the way, the entire time he's been negative, as we said at the top of the show, gold's gone from 600 to 1600 in the last decade. I, I think that says a lot more than this analyst could ever say. So again, massive demand, massive industrial demand. We've got 
a low cost of doing business to, to support this metal. And we think it's just such a great time to get involved as the prices are extremely low. The interesting thing is, is all these analysts uh, never, ever have any skin in the game. You know, <laughs> when you ever watch any of the shows, says, do you own the stock? Does your company own the stock? No, 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 no. I own gold and silver. I think it's going to go up. I put my money where my mouth is. And I think it's a great, great investment. And especially these prices right now, to me, it's a steal. one eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealthcom the Precious Metal Advisor Investor Kit, the e-store and how to use your registered funds to get some physical gold and silver into your retirement savings. And uh, make some money on it, The Real Money Show. Again, back next week right here on Talk Radio, AM 640.